Hey everyone, my online course on the rehabilitation of the fitness athlete with Dan Pope is on sale this week. If you want to work with higher level fitness athletes and help people get back into the gym after an injury, this is the course for you. Head to MikeRandall.com slash fitathlete to learn more and sign up this week. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we give some tips on how we keep up with the latest research and don't get overwhelmed with all the different journals that are out there. And we talk about the use of upper body functional testing to return the sport and whether or not we incorporate them here at Champion. The Ask Mike Reynolds Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. I'm here with Lenny McCrina, Dave Tilly, Mike Scaduto. We're here at Champion PT and Performance up, <coughs> up in Boston. We're all getting over colds. <laughs> Not all of us. I try. <laughs> well, you'll have it next week. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, we, uh, we're here for another great episode. We got some good questions. We got Kevin K. Mac McNamara from, uh, Mark? from, uh, from uh, Franklin Pierce University, the one in Phoenix, the online version. I just want to say I really appreciate Kevin's hair today. It's a really good angle. It's like very well put together. Pretty I like it. Yeah, it's good. Kevin's stylish. He's got a little Brad Pitt fight club going on. <laughs> I don't remember his haircut from Brad Pitt fight club. Ocean's, uh, Ocean's Eleven, maybe? Yeah. Ocean's yeah. Eleven? Yep. Yeah. Are you calling, are you saying he looks like Brad Pitt? No. This is like the no, greatest man, day crap. ever. <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome. I, hey. I like it. Keep it up. Those them. I like it. So, <laughs> K Max here is doing a great job in his clinical rotation here. He's going to ask some great questions, right? What do we got? Two good questions today, K Max? That's right. Take first it away, one, buddy. First one we got here is Lindsay from Westchester. What are some tips or tricks for keeping up to date with new research when you don't have time to sit and sift through hundreds of articles each week? Mm. I, I like sift. it. Sounds I like it. Sift. Word of the day. I'm glad, I'm glad Lindsay, you, I'm glad you added that towards the end because. It almost sounded like you were just going to be lazy at the beginning, but now you're, now you're saying you're overwhelmed, which yeah. is good. It's like when you just don't have time, right? Like, like I, I'm glad you added to sift through hundreds yeah, yeah, of articles because there are hundreds of articles. So that's actually good. You're like, how do you keep up with the latest research when there's so much out there? Well, I'll start it off for some reason. I don't know why. I usually don't start it off, but I'll start this one off and just say, man, there are a lot of journals right now. Yeah. They So I don't know if anyone's picked up on this here, but this is a little insider <laughs> secret here. There are such thing as like predatory journals, which we're talking a lot about online in our clinical world. I mean, our um, our academic world of these predatory predatory journals that are actually uh, trying to make money, and they're kind of they're kind of like scams. Yeah, it's really bad research, really bad peer review. But if you're doing, if you're submitting something in in a journal's like brags about like, oh no no, we'll have like full online publication in ten days. You know, and it costs nine hundred dollars. Like that's a scam, right? That's that's not good research. That's not good thing. So I would just start and say that right there from what you said is yes, there's a ton of of journal articles out there. But this is like saying the same thing as like saying like, well, how do I know what to watch on Netflix? There's thousands of things on Netflix. Well, you know, ninety five percent of the stuff on Netflix sucks, right? Like, and it's just you know the five percent that you want to watch. It's the same thing with journals. 
So based on that, what do you think? It's like, so Len, I know you're good at why don't, why don't you start, Len, and give us a list of the journals that you recommend we start on. What's our starter kit? Yeah, like maybe not kit. like them all, but like right. what's the mandatory one? The Western yeah. Swedish Fish Journal? I love Swedish Fish. Is that um, no, probably is. My, my big ones, if you're a sports section member, you gotta go JOSPT, you gotta go Sports Health Journal. Uh, AJSM, the American Journal of Sports Medicine, and then we'll take it over the pond and go to the British Journal of Sports Medicine, which I know is is uh, Dan Pope, his favorite. He, I know, right? he, he likes to go British. Um, so I, I'm not, I haven't, I'm not, I'm not there yet. I still like AJSM better. I like AJSM. Oh, no, I, I like it. AJSM I just, has a lot of commentary sorry. and everybody their opinions, and which is fine. But I want, I want research. Um, uh, Journal of Arthroscopy, so I keep <laughs> up with the docs and what's going on. Wait, with, so uh, is that our first lap? Because you're going to start oh, overwhelming her. Sorry, so we maybe four. I think uh, Sports Health, JOSPT, BJSM, AJSM. Um, I'm kind of my big four go to. IDK, my BFF, Joe. And then Journal of Strength and Conditioning <laughs> Research is another one. Just kind of get the... Eight, the, six, seven, five, three. <laughs> <laughs> Those are kind of my four what or five. What was the last one? Strength and Conditioning Research. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Strength and Conditioning... Uh, or Wait, which is the good one? Strength and Conditioning yeah. Research. There's yeah. two. Yeah. The other one's the Journal of Strength and Conditioning or something. Yeah. One's right, a little yeah. magazine-ish. Right. But that's yeah. a good example. That one's a little magazine-ish, which is fine. Right. But it's not, it's not as like detailed in there. Um, I, yeah, I like so that. Those are my, my four or five. And what do I do? I just go periodically to them. I don't have anything set up like RSS feeds or, or anything like that where I'm getting delivered. I literally go to the website. Uh, I have reminders in my calendar every periodically to go because I want to see. I'm putting it on my Instagram pages and my Twitter pages and, and I write my blogging about it. So that's my reminder to go is I have time set up on my calendar to do this stuff. I like it. Good. So good. That's a good group. Anybody want to add one or two? I would. I think I would agree. I mean, there is journal athletic training, which isn't. That's another one I I, I do too. Which isn't too I'm not bad. Athletic I'm trainer, elbow but shoulder yeah, surgery. Yeah, sh- shoulder elbow surgery is a good well, one. Well, yeah, the JBJS, journal shoulder and elbow I mean, surgery, journal of arthroscopy. I think that's the next tier. That's Those like, are going to be wait, more doctory. That's yeah. like that's the doc trying to keep up with the doctors are doing. Yeah, that's kind of, yeah, that's definitely like wave. Which too. you have to, you have to keep up with what surgeries they're doing because things are evolving, especially with cartilage and ACLs and everything else. You got to figure out what they're doing. So, because rehab's going to potentially change too. All right, so so I'd say our first tip sounds like stick to a core group, realize there's a lot of bad journals out there, and you don't have to read all the bad journals. Um, Most of them, we trust me, we look at some articles published in those bad journals, and they're really bad articles with really bad methodology, and it's funny because we see people talking about the results, and in our heads, we're like, well, that study's kind of useless. So it doesn't really matter what the results are. So I'd say that's one. I would add too, maybe something you can say is like, look, with Con Ed, there's there's a bunch of different types of Con Eds you can go to, but some of the meetings, like you know, some of the local meetings that they tend to have, like the doctor groups, like we have a couple big ones in Boston with uh, MGH and then Alan Curtis with the New England Baptist. They kind of have two big ones. Uh, TCC with the sports section is a good one, but it's those big conferences where there's like 10 to 15 minute talks yeah. and you hit a bunch of topics and you kind of essentially what happens here is each of those topics the person theoretically is going to go over all the latest research that's out on that topic and it's going to be like a quick kind of like jolt of, of updated research on that so that's another way where it's almost like you know once a year you try to get to a, a kind of a meeting like that mm-hmm. what else anything else in your guys end my personal recommendation along with that kind of stuff is I have a handful of topics that I know are 
relevant to me, spondies, some other things that I'm interested in. Like I have to kind of stay up on that research because it's relevant to what I study. So I always, once a month or once every other month, we'll do a, a PubMed search with a couple keywords that I know I like trigger that. the same kind of stuff. And then through looking at those every other month, I just know a handful of uh, authors in that space who consistently put out high quality. Like Mark Safran from Stanford, really good hip research on hip micro instability. Not, not a lot of people study that. Saffron, sorry, yeah. my friend. Saffron. But like hip micro instability is something that I need to know about. You know, the Tommy John researchers, you guys know a lot about right. like that. So I then study, I, I then follow them as authors. And if they're on papers with other people. I mean, I couldn't have, we don't talk about these questions ahead of time, but if I had to script our answers to this, I think we're nailing this right now. So the, the next thing I do is yeah. you do know they set up they have yeah, alerts. Search queries, yeah. So in PubMed, there's alerts that you can do. So I have alerts for some topics like baseball and overhead athletes and stuff. And I do have some alerts for Safran, right? So Mark Safran from uh, <laughs> from Cali. What's up, Mark? I think Mark listens to the show. All right. So, oh, yeah. oh, thank you for all your work. <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, the, like I have them like with Glenn Fleissig, right? Because I know if, if there's a biomechanical study on baseball, Glenn's going to probably be involved, and I want that. So I, I have a few ones like that that come up. So you know, if you have a very specific topic you can set up alerts that you can either get right when they come out or you can get a once a month kind of digest and you kind of do that so um, heck I, I think that's I think that's a, a good start right there's kind of like three good ways to do it be uh, topic author specific go to like an, uh, an updated like conference that goes over research and stick to some core journals I think that would be I think that would be the way to do it all these open access journals and stuff and the online journals stuff they're, they're getting there there's a couple that will probably shine but trust me go to the submit an article and if it costs fifteen hundred dollars to submit an article that's insane. It's a <laughs> scam. Mm -hmm. you're, 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 and what's the cost to publish something in AJSF? It's like nothing. It's like it's, it's, it's not even like twenty bucks yeah, to submit. It, yeah, I mean, which it, like it does cost us stuff to submit papers. Believe it or not, yeah, we have no funding. Did, right, but, but still, but you're not buying <laughs> yeah, a no, public. Yeah. Yeah. Like people, <laughs> right. are, people are buying publications yeah, yeah. for fifteen hundred bucks. Yeah, that's really fake research. So that I think that'll help and me go to PubMed. I get a, I see this a lot on Facebook and people asking what's the research on this and that. And people don't go to PubMed. A simple, a very simple <laughs> they're, concept. They're going to they Facebook go to Facebook and, to ask and where the research and is. Instagram versus search in PubMed first. Just type like that biggest advice. Med. I always Dr. say Google. that. Right. Go to PubMed. That's where I go. It's, everything is there. I know. They're just, uh, <laughs> just crazy. All right, K-Mac, what's number two? All right, we got Jessica from Maryland. As a physical therapist, do you utilize upper extremity functional tests, such as the closed kinetic chain upper extremity stability test or the upper quarter mm. Y balance as a component of your assessment for readiness to return to sport. That's dancing, that's not. <laughs> all right, can I? All right, so I'm gonna start this question because I know you're gonna probably be politically correct and in the middle with this question, which is good. But I'm gonna say, we don't, right? We don't do the upper extremity uh, return to play functional tests. Um, Dave's gonna say that you've dabbled. I know you're gonna get in there, and this is like oh, they're, they're super specific for my sport. I've, it's super right. That's it. I, and that's what I was gonna get to. Um, I just look when you're doing the lower extremity return to play. It's a little bit more obvious, right? It's a run and a cut. It's a jump. It's a hop. It's a land. You know what I mean? It's like a little, like even balance and stuff. That's real. Um, all the tests. Hashtag. Like, I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't, there's very few sports where you're in a weight-bearing position on your upper body and like reaching and like, what does that, like, what does that tell you? So, so are those good tests? I mean, yeah, they're not bad tests. 
right? But they're they're just to me they're they haven't been specific enough for me to want to say that we have to perform this, and if you don't pass it, you're not ready. I guess I don't I don't know. Yeah. I just I feel like they're not there yet. Trust me, once a year or more than once a year, I see George Davies who puts a ton of research into these things, and I ask him what's new, what are you doing different, and heck, he's trying to come up with some good ones, and he's trying to get like this seated like kind of like chest pass and like unilateral chest pass, which makes a little more sense to me. It's like how can you like rapidly do that power? Yeah, power well, testing. Yeah, and it's and it, and it but but it's not the power they carry. It's both like the apprehensiveness of it and like. Mm. Because doing this is, and being able to do that without apprehension and to be able to be so symmetrical and stuff is is just way more than, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I just, and I don't think the test, like, the research has shown that those are really valid for stuff. But anyway, all right, I'll let you guys go from here. I mean, I agree, to be honest. Like, even though I work in a lot of upper extremity sports, it's, I think that there's, it's a challenge to take the information on a upper extremity closed chain test and have the external validity to say that automatically transfers to overhead sports or that transfers to whatever you're working on. Like that being said, my sport population that I work with is like half of it is on your hands. So it's right. like a little bit more applicable. Right. But even that being said, I mean, I went to the, um, the FCS course with Gray and learned the test from him with Dave, my friend Dave Durini, to try to get this in gymnastics and we're using it more, but it's still like, just because you have good single arm closed chain function doesn't mean you're good to tolerate traction forces, or which is a huge, this position, yeah, which is a huge yeah. main generator of pain in athletes is like the heavy traction forces. So right. I get it, I think it's important and I use that along with the progression back to lower extremity, like in the gym we use, I'm watching people do pull-ups and push-ups and, and do stuff in the gym that I'm like, okay, you're starting to get there from a, a closed chain point of view, but the only one that I brought up and talked with you about is maybe the opposite shoulder tapping for reps in a certain amount of time. Because again, it's apprehensive, it's, yeah. it's quick reactive loading. Like, okay, now I think that's super applicable to the quick twitch stuff that gymnastics needs, but I, I don't know if I would use it in any other sport besides gymnastics, maybe some other people in CrossFit. And I, I, Wrestling. I feel, Wrestling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I just feel like it's just not quite perfectly there yet. I'm not against them. We're just like, I know, you know with us, it's all, all about- sports use their legs, so those tests are a little bit more. It makes more percent you yeah. know what I mean so we tried to then say like well what can we kind of do that's similar to yeah. the upper body and I just I don't know I just we're it's just not there yeah I just I don't it's just not it's applicable not there, to you have the upper body or the lower body sorry it's, yeah. body. it's, it's actually a good point it's really not though and so right. to me it's, it's observing somebody over a period of time mm -hmm. and and how well they progress through the rehab process how irritable their shoulder is or not or whatever joint you're, you're treating and it's so much more than a, a 10 minute test and it's just that little, quick little snapshot and I know we need something but to me it's, it's that comprehensive care that I've given this person for 6 or 9 months easier said than done because not everybody has that access so I completely get it. but team up with somebody who has that access and get them in a group that does that like us real. yeah I mean like so I mean if you're even like <laughs> like you're an athlete you're 6 to 9 months out even if you're done with rehab if you're in the gym and you're doing like a shoulder press, you're doing push-ups, you're doing like bench press, I mean, what? I don't know what exercise you're doing. If you're doing those, I think you're gonna, you know, you can pass that, you know what I mean? Like, so it's almost like, again, like just making sure that you just did the right exercises, you know, is probably gonna be pretty good. Like if you score poorly on the Y balance test for the upper body, but you're doing a full comprehensive program in the gym, I'd, I'd be shocked. And a lot of those look for yeah. symmetry too, which you, we do, like Dan and I are huge on getting someone to like 90% of their strength index. Like if you can half kneeling landmine press, 
80 pounds on one and 40 pounds on the other. It's not like, I mean, even if it doesn't hurt, you're like, okay, I'm not quite there yet. Right. You, know, you got to kind of think. You don't necessarily it. need a test. So I don't know. It's something to keep in mind, right? Look, we don't, we'll never shun, you know, you doing that. We never say it's a bad idea to do it. I'm just saying we don't, we don't, it's not like a core thing we do just because we just don't feel like it's there yet. Mm-hmm. You know, if that makes sense. So, mm-hmm. um, awesome. Another great episode. Thanks so much for the great questions. Head to MikeRinald.com, click on that podcast link, and you can fill out the form to ask us more questions. And then please go to iTunes, rate, review, and subscribe so that we can kind of keep bumping up the popularity of this podcast. It's doing great on iTunes, but, you know, the, the more popularity, the more people find it. So we really appreciate that. So thanks so, <laughs> thanks so much. See you on the next episode. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeRinald.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeRinald.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.